0: You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Tretter and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women.
1: Today on American Girl Women, we are joined by sisters Katie Lupardi and Jennifer Bouchard. Katie is based in Connecticut and works for a mental health tech startup, While Jennifer is a first grade teacher in Washington, D.C., they grew up in New Jersey along with their younger sister and spent their childhoods playing sports, working on art projects, and, of course, discovering the joys of American Girl. We are so excited to have them with us today. Jennifer and Katie, welcome to AGW.
2: Thanks, Lindsay and Laura. We're so excited to be here.
1: Yeah, thanks, guys. We are so excited to have you both,
0: and this is officially our second sister episode. We had sisters on about a year ago at this point. Two of my friends who were American Girl sisters, and it created quite a bit of contention between them. So I'm excited <laughs> to, to hear about your guys'
2: American Girl stories as well. I was really trying to get our third to get dragged along too, but I I sadly lost the battle, but I did get a promise for her to bake us some cookies out of it. So uh, we definitely scoped out her stories in advance to share.
1: Amazing. (laughs) Cannot wait to hear about your AG experiences. But before we begin, I want to give a little disclosure. Katie is my future sister-in-law. This has been a long time in the making. I have been trying to get you on this podcast for far too long. And we have had so many conversations about American Girl. Like even last summer, we were chatting about American Girl and me being like, Katie, these are amazing memories. Come on the podcast. And you're like, I don't know if I have enough memories. I was
2: sort of swerving you for a little while only because I was afraid. I was like, I got to dig through some clothes. I have to promise of my memories. I have to ask my mom. She's been going through that scanning photo phases where we get scanned these like Google photo albums in bulk. That I was like, I'm sure there's an American Girl doll photo in there that can spark some deep, not repressed, but deep buried memories <laughs> of American Girl doll. And also, I was so glad to drag Jennifer along because... I think when it comes to memories and like the core American girl knowledge and know how she can
3: help fill in where I'm just, you know, lacking there. Oh my God. I was with her the other day when she decided to spam me with all her pictures. And she was like, <laughs> do you remember this and this and this, and which box is this going? Is this mine? Is this yours? And I was like, all right, you've convinced me like, <laughs> I love this outfit. This is my outfit. That shouldn't be in your box. That's my chair. Like <laughs> put these away the right boxes. Please. Yeah. Oh and the boxes,
2: I'll say that's definitely, I don't know if anyone else in their adult life who grew up with American girl dolls had the same experience, but I now live in a very small apartment and somehow it hasn't stopped my mom during her mass decluttering effort to send us individualized photos of each outfit and say, Whose is this? Do you want it? And then putting it in boxes and expecting that once we come home for a certain holiday, that we'll just have the room and space (laughs) to take the plethora of like accessories, clothes, multiple dolls for some of us back to our you know small living spaces Lindsay and i have talked about this
0: on the podcast in the past with our guests because this seems to be a very millennial phenomenon of our parents with house privilege coming to their apartment children and being like you need to take this stuff and it's like Uh, I'm sorry, like you have a whole house to store this stuff. and I just have one apartment and it seems like they should have to hold on to that stuff until we all get our own houses. That's just how I feel. But this is definitely like a trend because Lindsay, you
1: had to get rid of your stuffed animals, right? Oh my goodness. And it turns out they weren't even my stuffed animals. They were my brothers. My dad has been begging me for years to like go through my stuffed animals. And like, yes, I admittedly had like a bag or two of which I did go through. And I like heart-wrenchingly like sorted out the animals that I needed to save for who knows what, but all the other bags were, were my brothers. So I felt like very like validated in that but like, (laughs) Katie, have you been in my parents attic before? Yes. Actually, last time we were just
2: there, there was an attempt to lure me back up to look at Ryan's stuffed animal bags because I think they were planning to donate them. But also something Ryan and I had in common, which is why I think I was not as immediately drawn to American Girl Dog growing up, was I did love stuffed animals to the point where my mom had to limit the amount of stuffed animals that were on (laughs) my bed due to fear that I would just suffocate under too many stuffed animals And I was of the belief that they came alive at night, which I think is like a theme that it sounds like a couple of people on your podcast, or at least one has said, I used to line them up next to each other, like next to their friends, they had to be next to the right person. But somehow (laughs) my American girl doll never made it into the mix. She was like, always on her rocking chair on the other side of the room, hopefully wearing clothes, but like wasn't in the group. She was a little bit of an outcast of the stuffed animals.
1: Wow. We haven't heard that perspective before, Katie. The outcast. Oh, the outcast <laughs> from the
0: stuffed animal.
1: Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, before we get into AG, we usually kick off our podcast with having our guests talk about what they were like growing up, but would love to kind of take this back even a step further and just preface this chat with a snapshot of the Lupardi sister dynamic. Jennifer, do you want to share a little bit about the three of you?
3: Sure. So I'm the oldest and I'm Jennifer. And then Katie follows behind me two years. And then our youngest sister, Lori, who's not on the podcast, follows Katie by four years. Um, Katie and I were very close growing up. We shared a room. um, And I don't think the outcast comment is like the right word. I feel like My mom was like, this doll is special and can't really go to bed. (laughs) So, like, it wasn't like an outcast. It just had to be kept in a special place to, like, (laughs) have its special moment. Um, (laughs) But... (laughs) Um, Katie and I shared a room, which would also help a lot with all of our dolls and stuffed animals and sharing them together. And then I moved out of our room and K- Lori moved in. So we switched and then Katie got to share the room with Lori. So I think that also brought them closer together and puts a different aspect in. And then when I returned from college, I got to have some time alone with Lori more. So then that kind of made a full circle of us having all of our like individual moments together and making us like uh, the trio. I was gonna say that's really generous
2: to say um, closeness when sharing a room. I would say at that age it was more combative. It was like who are we at war with due to that age and sort of our Interests and how sisters are, I think, growing up in, in those tween years.
3: I wanted to be polite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, on those, record, three sisters, those three sisters
2: sound great. <laughs> <laughs> this,
0: this reminds me honestly so much when my mom was a guest on the podcast, she is the oldest of three sisters and it's a similar age difference between her and her sisters and you guys and she had the room sharing um, with her middle sister for the longest time because the youngest like demanded her own room and the parents just gave into that but three sisters is something i'm like so envious of i always wanted sisters growing up but i have a brother so just to like you know be able to be one of three sisters i don't know i'm maybe romanticizing it but it sounds really fun
3: There are aspects that are fun, and then there's also <laughs> like you tear each other apart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, Jennifer, what were you like growing up?
3: Um, growing up, I think I had like two different sides. Like at school, I was very reserved, um, I was not a strong reader. Um, so the AG series actually helped me a lot with growing as a reader, um, but at home, I definitely was extremely talkative, didn't really like to follow directions and gave my parents an extremely hard time, Um, but totally (laughs) different in real life and like in school and out of my parents like realm. So definitely two different kinds of personalities there. I get
1: that. Like feeling like most comfortable at home and kind of letting it all out.
3: Yeah, I was going
2: to say to add to sort of the sister dynamic and like what we were all like separately and then together is Jennifer would talk so much when she like wanted to share about her day and everything else so much so that our youngest sister like did not talk at all because between Jennifer and I, there was just no chance to get a word in edgewise. My mom used to like actually lay out like little things on the table and take turns for who got to talk so that we would make sure that Jennifer didn't monopolize the entire dinner telling oh. us about what she had done that day. But who knew? It was because she was like holding it in all day and not, you know, being sort of more reserved and then finally coming home. So um, me, I would say when I was growing up, I was definitely more of a sporty kid. So really put a ton of emphasis into like outdoor activities, always had like really large friend groups that I wanted to spend time with. um, So that was really like a, a super big focus. And then I did start to get interested in more creative things. So I know Lindsay sees like all the time I'm working on like different crafts or projects. And I think at that age, I didn't really know what I was good or bad at. So I was trying a lot of really random and bizarre hobbies at that age. Like I took a random sewing class at Joanne's and like tried to make pajama pants and did like a lot of, yeah, the the weird crafting was, was really my, my thing.
1: I love that <laughs> you still continue that today. And I like when you said you didn't know what you were good or bad at because you are one of like the very few people that I know that is good at absolutely everything. I'm glad that's how it seems from the outside.
2: <laughs> <really>. <laughs> I see Jennifer's facial expressions over here and I uh, have a feeling she
1: may report back up. Oh you're just so talented. Um, Jennifer, what hobbies did you get into growing up?
3: Growing up, I also played sports. I'm not as athletic as Katie. Um, we, my family likes to say I try hard at practice. <laughs>
0: uh, Relatable.
3: <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> I tried a bunch of things also, just not really successful. Um, I love to color, and I do like arts and crafts also like I have a cricket and I do all that stuff. I'm not as successful as Katie is in all those things or as adventurous in all of them. I like to like do one thing and master that one thing and just kind of live in my happy zone. A perfect, I think, description of who we were as kids growing up
2: was Jennifer would draw in the lines often. She would not let me use her crayons. And the reason is, is like, I would try to draw not whatever was in the picture, not the right colors. I would try to change the picture, and then I would break all of the crayons in half because I would just like press way too hard. And I think that was just like very much representative of our personalities growing up. <laughs> that yeah, is okay. a
0: classic oldest child phenomenon to like want to control that kind of stuff. I was like that too.
3: <laughs> I had like my crayon wheel, and like you couldn't touch it. And like <laughs> I had to color the <laughs> colors, and like Katie's like, no, this dress needs polka dots and I'm like no the dress is red I'm like that's it.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh I love that dynamic so much it sounds like you guys were a fun duo growing up did you guys sort of get into little tiffs every now and then or did you get along pretty well Yeah, no, we
2: did not get along well at all. (laughs) I would say where we were like close enough to just be, I think, just going through teen years in a very moody manner and had no patience to just like give one another empathy. And I think my mom, you know, really went through it, I think, where she had to put up with so much and is probably so excited now that we're all older and we all get along and we all enjoy hanging out with each other now and like look forward to it. um, Because I think a constant phrase growing up was like, don't tell mom. (laughs) You know, where you maybe played a little too hard, but I would say that's more our teen years, because our younger years, Jennifer and I like played together all the time. Uh, You know, she would play teacher. I was always the student, you know, the typical older sister, younger, younger child playtime.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. I remember going to friends houses that um, I had that were like sisters and hearing the way they spoke to each other and being like, oh, my God, like, I could not last in this household with this <laughs> kind of abuse from the sister. Like, they, they, and I, and I would always, like, not understand it because I have a brother who's five years younger and, like, we didn't really have a lot to fight about because we didn't have the same interests and the age difference. But, like, I'd hear the
2: sisters go at each other and I'd be like, this is brutal, <laughs> Once you can borrow clothes, it's, like, just a really dangerous age range to be in for uh, just growing up together.
3: (laughs) I can't tell you how many fights we got over, like, white jeans or, like, Katie stealing clothes and me finding (laughs) them somewhere they shouldn't have been.
0: (laughs) Fair enough.
2: Not the stealing clothes and not putting them back. Well, because I stole them, I would have to hide them, like hide the evidence like you couldn't be found (laughs) out. She knew my secrets. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, Well, shall we get
0: into the American Girl of it all? Um, I guess we can start with how you both were exposed to American Girl first. And how old were you when you first became aware of American Girl? I
3: think it was probably around like second or third grade that they started to get really popular. And I definitely got exposed by having friends who had American girl dolls, like a bunch of them. And like, you start out with the one and then you come over and they're like, look at my doll. And then you kind of like feel left out and they can't like, became a thing where like all your friends had dolls and like yeah I have a doll too so I think that was kind of my first exposure like I said earlier I wasn't a strong reader so I wasn't really into the books right away but I do think that the books helped me also get into the doll like I think I had to read a few books before my mom like was kind of sold on getting me a doll and I tried asking her today but she of course said she didn't remember but (laughs) um i'm definitely like all the girls in my class had one and it was like the cool it toy to have yeah katie
1: did you know about american girl before jennifer got her doll
2: I assume not. I almost wonder if I might have been like one of the one to two, like first ones of my friend groups to have one. And it was mostly because there was definitely a like, if the older sister gets something, the only fair thing is and that the younger sister gets something. Yes. And then it's like, well, she has it. So I want it. And I think Jennifer was my introduction to American girl and getting to see how into them she was and she was reading the books and she, you know, so had hers. And then I do remember one very close friend of mine at the time, did have the, the doll and I'm going to, I'm going to probably be the worst uh, guest to have. Cause I'm going to say the one with the horse who did. One of them. Yes. <laughs> Cause she rode horses. So she had Felicity and that like, she was very into it too. So it was between, I think
1: Jennifer and her that really, I was like,
2: okay, like everyone else does. I guess I
3: will too.
1: Yeah. Did you get your first dolls together or Jennifer,
3: did you get yours first? So I don't remember, but I do think we got them around the same time because I did actually really want Samantha, which is what is Katie's doll, and I got mm-hmm. Molly. But my <laughs> my mom, my mom the, yeah, Molly. let's let's unpack
1: that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wanting Samantha and getting Molly is like. I'm trying to think of like what, how to describe like the way that that feels, it's like, I don't know, (laughs) but I don't want to, I don't want to assume that you didn't
3: like Molly because I'm sure you liked Molly. I did. And I asked my mom today and I was like, did you pick out Molly for me or did I pick out Molly? And she said that I must have picked out Molly. Um, I do think that because I did have to read the books I think I I do love Molly's stories actually the best mm-hmm. I do yeah. love that time period in general even as an adult I still like to read about World War II and I do think that stemmed from the Molly stories so I do think I probably read the most Molly stories and that might have just been an automatic transition but yeah Katie has Samantha
2: yeah, that you could have, have slapped
3: idea. me across the face
2: with Samantha at that time. And I don't think I would have known like a lick about her. <laughs> <until> <laughs> I, got her and I was like, oh, cool. She has brown hair too. Like, so do I. Um, And that was just kind of like, I was like, this is, this is neat. Like, I, I think I was around enough people who got dolls that looked almost similar to them. So I thought that was like the whole thing of it is like, you get a doll that looks like you. I was like, yeah. I, I can see this. Like the hair is similar.
1: That makes sense. And tell us a little bit more about the collection of other dolls that arrived to your family. I know you had more than just Molly and Samantha. Two kids. <laughs> so you yeah. didn't have enough
2: kids in the household. We were a two-kid household. Because I don't know if Lori got hers first, then you got Kit. But like Jennifer had to, obviously the blonde hair. Like you had right. to get a doll that matched your hair color. And then my younger sister she actually cut her hair. She donated it to Locks of Love and took Aww. like the most adorable photo with her kit doll and matching outfits because they had the same bob and they were in like this matching sailor pajama set. And like each Christmas, I think what it also was is like once we had them, it very much so became like the safe to gift from like my grandparents and like aunts and uncles. And they knew it was something that we would like love and use and want. So uh, it just became like, we, the house was just like littered with uh, American Girl Dog clothes and like accessories we wanted. But yes, two kits, a Samantha and a Molly were the residents of the LaPardi household.
1: <laughs> Did you get one kit and then the other kit followed or were they purchased at the same time?
3: No, they were separate, I believe. So I think I got kit first and then Lori also got kit, but I could be wrong on that one. <laughs> But I, like-
2: <laughs> I could see that. I could see Lori being like, this is the only doll that like I want because of the way that she looks, because of the way that Lori looked and not care about the repeat.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> there could be no sharing,
2: <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I, honestly, the way we had them in the house, like we didn't really, we would play with each other probably, but never like exchange. Like your doll was your doll. My doll was my doll. They sat in their own chairs and there wasn't like, I think that which probably other people had where it was like let's trade and share around but maybe we also just like didn't share well at that age too could have been a very very strong possibility
0: i've heard both things like my friends that are sisters that came on the podcast they seemed to sort of mix and mingle with them but my childhood best friend whose um sister also had them i feel like we'd only really like mix them around like when We were all playing together like on a special occasion, but like, I don't think the two sisters were ever like trading because they both had very specific ways in which they wanted to play with them. And I think they were really worried about them getting messed up by the other sister, which is like fair because they are very... Valuable. So, and I think like if your sister messes up your American Girl doll, I don't think like your pa- parents are necessarily going to be like, oh, we'll just get another one. <laughs> so I understand the hesitation. <laughs> By the time your sister was rolling around to play with American Girl dolls, were you both still into it? Or did you guys kind of like not really cross over with your youngest sister
2: with American Girl? I want to say there was a brief period where probably i more so than you, Jennifer, because I do have like these distinct memories and Lindsay, you're gonna love this of coconut. (laughs) She had the foldable dog house. I remember Mm -hmm. she had the s'mores kit that I really liked, but it wasn't mine. Like I was almost drawn to the fact that she got new accessories that didn't exist when we were growing up. So I think there was like a small period of overlap where I was probably drawn in by the new things
3: um so we played probably I don't know about you Jen though if you had as I much think I got Kit towards the end of like me phasing out even though Molly still sat in her chair and still stared at me and like sat in my room in her special corner and Kit also but she didn't have a chair so <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> so <laughs> not so much with Lori by then it was also changing and like Katie said like the historical characters had changed and there was more accessories and the you like dolls just it was a different kind of playing I feel like than when I was starting out and it wasn't so much about the periods in the time it was more kind of like the camping set and like the yeah. soccer uniforms and I think I was more drawn to the historical part. Mm.
1: Yeah it's definitely interesting how much like the brand transitioned and how quickly too, especially like in the early 2000s onwards, like I was born in the eighties, had my peak AG era around like, I don't know, maybe like 95, 96, 97, but, you know, still read the catalog before and after that point. And for me, like there was so little change between the catalog offerings for so many years. Like you'd have the catalog and there'd be slight variations And then all of a sudden it just like rapidly, like takes a turn where they're offering so much newness, especially in the more modern offerings. And Katie, it sounds like you were like just at that point where you could still like enjoy that all, but like are a little bit removed from like being really into it, but still getting a sense of it.
2: I want to wonder like what year that transition happened because I wonder if it was when I actually had the doll and then some of the things sort of changed afterwards because I was really only drawn to the modern outfits that Samantha could wear. So like we always, we were joking about this because we were trying to dig up some memories when we were uh, home for Easter and I religiously had my doll in only like two to three outfits max. She was either like naked or in her like the matching nightgown that had like bloomers that we had and like matched each other. Or she was in a like jean pants with this letterman's jacket that Jennifer reminded me I didn't even know I had the matching one of that too. So apparently I was just like Ooh. really into I think I just wanted to like look like my doll because it yeah. seems like I care, hair, I care about her outfit and then a hippie outfit where I ironically was a hippie one and then um Halloween as well. And my mom was convinced it was because I did want to dress like the doll too. So mm. I was more into outfits we could match with together as opposed to the period ones, where I'm like, uh, you know, I can't wear that. Mm, got <laughs> it. So you could wear that. You
0: could. <laughs> you could have. You could have.
2: Yeah. I mean, you chose you had, not to.
1: <laughs> right. But you had <laughs> Samantha's nightgown, which is just so gorgeous.
3: That's a top product right there. <laughs>
1: Honestly, Jennifer, did you have any matching outfits with your dolls?
3: I did. I had Molly's pajamas. Also, we all had pajamas that matched <sighs> the American Girl doll. I did not have kids <sighs> pajamas. Lori had those. That was her thing. And mine was. The oh my god. And Katie's were Samantha's. And there are pictures of us at Christmas with our dolls in our matching outfits, like opening oh. our.
2: Oh
3: Molly's my god. pajamas
0: are so cute. I would wear those today still. I love them.
3: They're They're adorable
0: and they're comfy. Yeah. Kit's pajamas, I'm worried, are like a polyester material that would just like absolutely engulf you while you were sleeping. (laughs) And then Samantha's, I guess, is like a nice, like cottony nightgown. So I feel like that one's safe. But yeah,
2: but they had like the mid, like, Thigh bloomers with them, like that, went around. You're <laughs> like, they gripped you, like they were like this long of the elastic waist, and like the full down to almost your knees bloomers. Where I was like, Am I
1: gonna legitimately wear these underneath my pajamas? Like, it's like very oh. long.
2: Like
1: I had
0: nice... no idea,
1: right? Did you know I... that. No, until Katie said it, like when we first started talking about American Girl together, I was like, bloomers for the nightgown. And then I read the description in the catalog. And I was like, yes, it's like almost too accurate for like the time period. Because right. it's, like, it's like, no we one's wearing a one nightgown. One no one's wearing pants. To bed when they choose a nightgown, right? It's kind of either or. Not mm-hmm. me. I had the best of both worlds or the Would worst you... of both. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> the worst. Would you wear them both together? Were you just like, I have to be accurate to Samantha's outfit?
2: I mean, I think I enjoyed them a little bit. Like I liked having pants on and the dress on. <laughs> like, I think I was the weird one who was like, yeah, I dig both of these. They were really warm. I think what was more uncomfortable is, you know, like the cheap, like 90s to 2000s elastic, where it's like, it's not a thick band. You have just that one string that's just going to cut yeah. off your the stomach. And to have that on right above your knees was not natural. Because I don't know about you, I just like don- aren't wearing that length of clothing so i wasn't used (laughs) to a cut of that of that type
0: yes no that makes (laughs) sense it makes me wonder like before elastic existed how they were like fastening those pants though now that i think of it because In Samantha's time, it wouldn't have been an elastic, but I don't know what it would have been instead. It probably was cutting off your circulation even more because if you gained any like calf muscle, (laughs) you would be like cutting off your circulation on the bloomer. (laughs) But that is so interesting. I had no idea that that was under there. Um, And I guess it is in the description and I've just never noticed it. But Samantha and Molly's PJs are iconic. Was there anything else that you guys just absolutely lusted after from the catalog for your
2: dolls? I don't know if I lusted but I was obsessed <laughs> well because I don't I don't I don't think I ever looked at the catalog so I would get things but I would like hyper fixate on them so I had a cast that Samantha never was not wearing. She always had a broken leg. I don't know if I was just jealous that I had never broken a leg. I saw people at school, I got their cast signs. So I thought it was like a cool thing to be like on crutches and have a cast. But my doll always was with her crutches and her cast. And Jennifer got a wardrobe uh that I don't believe was American Girl Doll brand, but was beautiful. And I actually remember Mm. being so jealous of that because the bed was like a Murphy bed and it had a desk and it had a mirror and the closet and a folded up Ryan was joking because I had him bring it home when I did the like unboxing for Lindsay to see some of my stuff. And he goes, I feel like I'm boarding the Titanic. It's like a big <laughs> wooden box with like a handle, but that was such a cool accessory.
1: I would have loved that growing up. It was so, so cute. Jennifer, what were some of the items that you were most drawn to in the
3: catalog, but never had? Things that I wanted were Samantha's party dress for Molly. Yeah. Or maybe for Katie's stylish wear. I don't know. It just was such a pretty dress. I definitely also liked the horse from Felicity and the riding uniform. Not so much Felicity's riding uniform, but just like there was like a more modernized one with like. Yeah. Uh, yes. A just, very like classic preppy vibe. Yes. But I don't ride horses. I'm actually scared of horses. So I don't understand why that was a want for me, <laughs> but I wanted it. It looked great. And then, oh, <laughs> then the aspirational nature of it, I guess. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, yes, this looks great. I did ask for furniture, but it's so expensive. So I totally understand why we never got the furniture besides the one chair per doll that they sat in at all times. But I did get a box from my great, uh, my aunts and uncles as a gift for Christmas one time. It was not an American Girl doll, like sanctioned, thing from the catalog, but it was somebody made and it did open up and it had like a closet and the Murphy bed, like Katie said, and it was a lot of fun to play with. And then would then fold up and then be able to be moved to somewhere else where my mom didn't have to stare at it or be in the way at all times. So I think that was a good compromise between me wanting the furniture and this being able to be picked up and brought somewhere. And it is huge. And it does kind of feel like someone's boarding the Titanic probably when they're carrying (laughs) Katie, something that I loved when we reviewed your collection
1: over FaceTime a few weeks ago was that you had such a great mix of clothing from both the catalog as well as dresses that weren't from AG directly. Do you know where you received those from? Like were they handmade or were they from another company?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I think we had a mix of like off brand. (laughs) where We were just like, I think it was just such a, it was like an expense for folks to like buy all of the catalog stuff. So I think particularly um, there were like a lot of outside companies that were making accessories specifically made for the dolls, but just not in the catalog. So a lot of those ones like that were embroidered with their names on it and items like that weren't actually sewn by anyone that we know, but I believe we had, it was either my grandma or my great aunt at the time um, had found like someone who really like did that stuff and made it. And I think just bought a lot of items from that one vendor or like that one area.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. Like the collection is beautiful. Like mm. American girl really is kind of limited in their offerings Right. Like there's a finite yeah. number, like, and there's a whole world of possibility out there when you go outside of the brand to yeah. outfit your dolls. And your collection was
3: gorgeous. I think one of the ones that, we we had in our collection that was in the catalog was the Irish step dancer. We had like an outfit that was Irish step dancing and I had like the hat and the crown. And I think that was one of my favorite outfits that wasn't or like we had like this nice coat and like Molly didn't really have any nice overcoats like kind of like Samantha did with her little fur and her stuff. So (laughs) the fact that I got an off-brand nice coat that was not Samantha's, but like still- Kind of felt more that I, I could put her in, but wasn't exactly the same. It was definitely a plus and something that was enjoyable that wasn't sold in the catalog, but still the catalog is like the Bible when it was American Girl. <laughs> totally. Like you wanted, you definitely wanted stuff from the catalog,
0: but I feel like finding because my mom and i would always find the like knockoff clothes at like antique stores or flea markets and stuff like that and it was always kind of a thrill to find it because it was so much more reasonably priced and you did have a little bit more flexibility and probably also had something that nobody else was gonna have and i do wonder like how much of a factor that is today with american girl because i think that Certainly like in the American girl community, like there are people who make American girl doll clothes now and you can buy them on Etsy and whatnot. But back then it felt like such a treasure hunt because you really could only like find them in person. So I think a lot of people who collected American girl in the nineties have like a couple odds and ends from like handmade like antique stores or flea markets in their collection, which is so fun. I would love to like, see if any of our listeners have stuff like that, that they'd share with us as well.
1: Right. And Katie, your Samantha seemed to venture more into the modern fashion, but Jennifer, did you like to keep your Molly and Kit more historically accurate? Yes. A (laughs) hundred percent.
3: I, I, would change I had a like a soccer outfit that occasionally Molly would wear when I was playing with Katie and you know maybe Katie still broke her leg again for the 15th (laughs) time (laughs) but other than that Molly really stuck to her outfits of historical time or her pajamas Um, I did like to take her glasses off occasionally and (laughs) put them back on but Her and Kit mostly stuck to the outfits they came in or the ones that I got from the catalog. I did try to venture out, but they also weren't the easiest dolls to dress and undress sometimes. When you were playing with them
1: together, were you keeping them in their historical context jennifer maybe like you playing with them by yourself and then you playing it with katie katie seemed to take a more modern approach <laughs>
3: <laughs> i think mostly when we played together it was more just like free play not so much in there because if i talked about to katie no offense about world War ii i don't think she would have followed along <laughs> and with her not reading the books or really knowing like the storyline of like molly then it would kind of would get lost on her i might have like been a jerk and try to throw out timeline things about samantha to her and been like you can't do that because your doll oh, no. you know <laughs> doesn't have parents or something like you know like, to, like do something like that and <laughs> That feels very real. Like you'd be like, you can't have a mom. You
2: didn't have one in the books. And I'd be right. like, well, my pretend one does. But <laughs> I <could see>
1: that. <laughs> oh my God. Katie, were you doing a lot of scenarios where Samantha would break her leg or was, was it already in place that she had her cast?
2: I I want to say it was probably a mix of both since it was such a constant presence. I think it, there weren't a lot of incidents of like rebreak, but I'm sure there <laughs> was like some like athletic incident that led to to that, you know. And it's I we read the different signatures
1: on it. So on the cast, there are little signatures which I've only seen in the catalog in a font too small for my eyes. And when Katie was unboxing it the other night, we were laughing because, first of all, this the um, cast is part of an outfit um, from the Modern Collection where it's kind of in this winter sports scenario. Um, if our listeners recall, there's a page. I actually have it right up here on our Instagram account. But there's a girl who is tubing, another in a dog sledding scenario, an ice skater, a really cool skier in this like um, like metallic silver suit. And then there's a girl wearing a turtleneck and jeans with her crutches and cast. So um, there we go. And the outfit is called the Opry Ski Outfit. So presumably <laughs> she... Got injured skiing. And oh, Katie, wow. Katie was reading some of um the signatures on there. And there was one that was skiing related, like ski you later or something like yeah, that. Yeah,
2: that's Elizabeth's sign, ski you later. The other, Kara wrote tough break. Ashley <laughs> just drew a dog. Emily said get well soon. And then someone wrote cool cast cat. And Drew. Wow.
1: It's like to add insult to injury saying ski you later. later. <laughs> Oh, my God.
0: I mean, if that's the backstory, but maybe in a different backstory, it wasn't a skiing accident. And then ski later doesn't make any sense anymore. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, this is a soccer injury.
2: <laughs> oh, mine right. not 100% was a soccer injury. It was not. <laughs> it was not. But then again, I refused, I guess, even subscribe to like the accuracy of the actual incident of what happened. I was like, I'm just going rogue. She's just having my life. Jennifer was historically (laughs) accurate. Me, as modern as I could get it.
3: I also love how she just showed us the cast and it was on a doll's foot. Do you have (laughs) it on Samantha right now? I do, but she's wearing your outfit
2: because I couldn't remember. I was like, I don't think the soccer outfit is mine because she was always in her jeans and her matching Letterman jacket that I had um when she had her cast but then you you had the actual soccer outfit mm, that's a pretty chic
0: soccer outfit that's like what I wanted my soccer uniform to look like as a kid but it never did it was just a t-shirt
1: <laughs> <laughs> in a color <laughs> that yeah, is brilliant. really cool <laughs> are you planning to bring your doll back to your parents house or are you gonna let her stay in your apartment for a while
2: No, I just like I have nowhere to put her Ryan already covered her like I had her sitting on the dresser before and he's like, we're not going to bed with this staring at us like that's not what's going to happen. And (laughs) Imagine my sister felt the same way because I don't know how like everyone like I don't know how you both sort of displayed your dolls growing up but in our house, it was like, you weren't playing with them. They went back in their like chair. And then even when when Jennifer was saying like we grew up, they remained in their chair very much so into our like later teen years. Jennifer, I feel like yours in like you were in college and it was like still in your room sitting in a chair. I think at that point my Samantha was like naked somewhere in a corner. But like yours, <laughs> I feel like was pristinely positioned for a while.
3: In her historical outfit. Sitting <laughs> in the right <red laughs> place where it belongs. <laughs> oh my goodness.
1: That is so funny. Jennifer, where are your dolls today? And have you seen them recently?
3: Uh, I saw them when Katie decided to unlike earth every single American Girl doll thing that we owned from the the, the attic, and then of course left it in front of the room that I was staying in. So not only did I see it when she unboxed it, but then every day when I tried to walk around it to go to the <laughs> room I was staying in, I saw them again. So they are in my parents' house. No, I had I had no honestly, I had no idea that she had <laughs> moved her out of my room. <laughs> oh so, my god! I stay in my room when I go to visit. I stay in Katie's room actually. So it was a little bit. I was like, oh. Here she is. Yeah. <laughs> my
2: mom boxed them all up, labeled them all with our names. Like it was actually so easy to find them because everything was labeled like Jennifer, American Girl Doll. Now they're not appropriately sorted. So we had to do a little resort when we when we went through them. But it's it's really nice to know that they're still there because my aunt actually did something super thoughtful for my cousin and niece. Because I think also we were in an age range where we were very close to a lot of our cousins. Um, and had like two girl cousins that grew up very close in age to us. So they also had American Girl dolls. And I think often when we had sleepovers and everything else, we would bring them over too. Um, But she actually got her doll like refurbished and so that she could give it to her daughter now growing up, which was really sweet to sort of hear. I think, what did they call that now? Like the doll hospital that they send them away
0: to. That's wonderful. What a nice thing to do. That is amazing. Are your dolls all in pretty decent condition after all these years or do they need some refurbishing?
2: I would say mine are I mean I'm like looking at Samantha and she looks great there's just a portion of her hair that I can't get to lay flat and I did use some very special products recently that were made for humans that I may or may not have gone through Lindsay and I'm not sure <laughs> supposed to put those on doll's hair but I like combed it out when I got her her hair was like very knotted and matted and I did I did comb it out but I definitely like I'm sure it's not supposed to come out like when you brush human hair, but hers did, which means (laughs) I probably, she has a couple less hairs on her head, but I feel like other than her like rogue bangs that don't quite sit flat on her head, I think generally, otherwise for someone who is always naked and in a corner, I think she's looking
1: pretty good. Yeah, she's She's looking great. She does look pretty good. (laughs) Right? That Amika in her hair is quite impressive.
0: Yeah, she's so great afterwards, I will say. (laughs) a dry shampoo girly and Jennifer your dolls are in pretty
3: pristine condition it sounds like they <laughs> live in their box like a son so I unless he shows interest in my American Girl dolls I don't know if they'll be passed on to him so we'll hold you on. never know that's why we have them yeah. so we'll no, we right? we'll right? right?
2: at the ready just in case right and <laughs> if nothing
1: else if not if he's not interested in dolls maybe at least the stories of the historic books would be great to share with him one day. Um, You teach first grade. Are your kids aware of American Girl in any way at this age?
3: So I thought about this and I'm going to say, I think, no, no one has really said anything about it. I do have American Girl doll books in my class. I don't have the historical older ones like Molly and Samantha. I do have the newer ones. I might say her name, the ho- girl from Hawaii. The- oh yeah. Nanea. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have her books. They were gifted to me. I do have a basket full of American Girl doll books. I don't take them out until halfway through the year where like, we're reading a little bit more confidently. Do you think that kids, if they were to be exposed to like the older
0: historic books today, like do you think kids have like changed that much from when we were kids where they wouldn't be interested? Like, are they interested in different
3: things now? There is a population that definitely could still grow to love them. And I think also because American Girl has, transitioned so much since the beginning that there is something for everybody at this point I do think some stories would be that would connect more with like the first the fact that there's a historical 90s person now is just like cutting my heart apart and I'm sure like I'd probably be like oh that one's so cool like yeah just, like cry in the corner that, like, right. that's how old I am now. right um <laughs> But I do think that some of my girls would absolutely love it. Or boys also. I do think, though, sometimes they are into different things. I'd be curious. Right now, graphic novels are so huge. So I Mm -hmm. wonder if American Girl Doll did, like, a graphic novel line, if that Mm -hmm. would help pique some interest back into them also.
0: Well, I think that maybe the newer book for the 90s girls were, were, Lindsay, were we talking about how that one was like kind of a different format than the other ones? It almost is like a graphic novel, which I wonder if they, you know, have received that feedback and are sort of transitioning to that style because that's what kids are looking for. But I think the newest book for the 90s girls might be a little bit more like a graphic novel than previous ones, which is interesting. I'm interested to see if they do more books like that. Um, Because like, you know, you have to meet kids where they're at. And as much as I like, Mm -hmm. love the historic books, and like, my mom loved them too, like, and we really connected over them. I think that, you know, there's still opportunities for American Girl to be relevant, just in a different way, maybe today.
3: For and sure. I know Babysitter's Club, they did it and they changed, They're changing over to some graphic novels and that's kind of picked up again. So I think there are also oh. some other franchises that were popular back that are like trying to make a resurface. Yeah. I wonder how much is that
2: you book still in circulation? Because I know that was like a staple, like a uh, rite of passage when we grew up where like maybe even if it's not the dolls, that book. I mean, my mom, I don't know what pack she took with all of her friends, but
1: <laughs> at that certain age
2: where we needed to start learning, we got the u book.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. The Karen keeping of you. Yes. We yes. <laughs> love chatting about that on the podcast and how like everyone had this like shared experience receiving it. It's crazy. We posted about mm-hmm. it on our Instagram a couple of weeks ago. And like the amount of shares and comments that post got was just wild. Um, but yeah, that that's really interesting to think about how, I guess, legacy brands or series are adapting. Like if that's, you know, how kids are engaging with... Uh, literature these days like that makes total sense that these stories would be adapted that way there are so many great stories between american girl babysitters club and i'm sure many others that still are relevant they just might need a little updating to meet people where they are today
2: i think also where like we've even seen companies like mattel with barbie is like really adapt to the tv show or youtube format where like there was like sassy Barbie who kids were still watching on YouTube and like how that's such a draw for kids these days where I don't know what American Girl doll if they're doing anything in that space right now but I feel like that's one of the really big uh, media channels to engage in
1: yeah they they have some like animated American Girl content I don't know exactly like what it is and where it lives if it's YouTube or if it's just on their website but Laura have you seen that like it's kind of like animated American girl
0: I've not seen like that type of content I have seen the they do on their Instagram now like a lot of stop motion vibe um Mm -hmm. stuff which I actually find to be really wholesome and cute they do it mostly for like the historic dolls that they have so when they launched the 90s girls they did that um i believe they uh this is jennifer's year because they relaunched molly and they relaunched kit recently um and they <laughs> utilized like a lot of like kind of like fun like little vignettes with stop motion which i was like think you could make a youtube series out of this and i'd watch it honestly like it's right? cute to see like them engaging with the historic dolls in that way because like that obviously wasn't around when we were kids
1: totally now switching gears a bit and thinking through your experiences with ag what lasting impression did american girl leave on you katie do you want to start
2: I feel like for me, what when I was younger, one of the great things about it was it was something that I could share with like my sisters and that we could sort of collect together and have as that shared experience. But I think what make, means so much more to me now as an adult is. I just can't get enough of the nostalgic content, like the Instagram memes, the um, like flashbacks, the SNL skits and everything else where it's just such a unifying thing to send to your friends and start this whole conversation of like, even if we weren't playing with one another at that time, it's like, a shared experience that we all have. And when we resurface those memories via a meme and like all of these pages that I feel like are becoming more and more popular, it really gives that like opportunity to still reconnect and just truly like laugh at them because of just how much we all had that in common.
1: Yeah, the nostalgia just feels so good. <laughs> and I love how <laughs> I brought you close to your sisters and you could have these memories together and then share that you know with friends but we all have this commonality it's really, really yeah amazing
2: and it keeps giving I just feel like the fact that it hasn't died down and that there's still right. so much of truly funny content that's resurfacing to re-engage like our age group yeah continually gives us like that opportunity to just touch base and and still laugh together which is it's a fun way to think about like an evolution of how you love a doll
1: yeah oh absolutely yeah. Jennifer what about you
3: That was so nicely worded. Uh, I am just going to say that I think being maybe on the little shyer side, it also helped me connect with friends and not just my sisters, but also helped me to have a common ground to talk about at school and not being a strong reader. I think it definitely helped me grow a love for reading and a historical love for reading. Like I said, I love to read about World War II still. And I didn't really think about that until I was thinking about coming on the podcast and thinking about where did that come from and realizing that Molly does live during that period and that connection. So I think it has helped me as a reader and with friends and like he said, with my sisters and and it is such a common ground, like the nostalgia and how everyone's experiences can still be relevant today is a great testament to how amazing of the dolls and just a company that they are.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's beautifully said as well. I think it is like, there's so few things I think, you know, even if we're talking about toys or books or whatever, there's so few things that you can say, you can bring it up in a conversation and almost guarantee that like any girl born in our generation or even like Gen Z um, or a millennial or even like some Gen Xers, like Will know what it is and have experienced it, and even if they didn't have it, like they heard of it, and I think that's really rare. So I agree 100%. It's great to to have that connection point with women our age or around our age or younger, or older, even today.
1: So true. There are a few things that could really rally women together and cause an instant bond to form, like American Girl can. Now let's play a few games before the episode ends. And Jennifer, if you were to host a dinner party and could invite any two American Girl characters, so the historic girls, their friends, their family, which two American girls would you be inviting? And absolutely consider the conversation that you'll be having, all of the questions you could ask them, how they'll be interacting with each other, all of it. Who will be at your dinner party?
3: So I thought about this long and hard, and I probably should say my two dolls that I had, Molly and Kit, but I am going to pick Molly and Samantha because I do feel like I did read a lot of Samantha's books also and did have an interest in her and that time period along with Molly's time period. And since they are, I know, widely different, but also two very popular dolls, I think I would have dinner with both of them to ask them just more historical questions and how they lived during that time period.
1: They're like two classic dolls for a reason.
2: Two icons to have dinner with for sure. (laughs) I was gonna say mine like if I even invited them to dinner would be like some modern thing where I'd be like you tell me what you think's weird about my time period now that you're here. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like pick their brains in that way, but I'm sure they would have lots of fun facts to share
1: too. Right? Yeah. Like you, you interview me. Like, what do you want to know?
2: <laughs> what can I tell you about 2023? <laughs> oh,
0: that's funny. Well, Katie, for your game, um, we're gonna take a celebrity approach. So. Uh, You provided a couple of your favorite celebrities to us and I'm going to pick one and I think I'm going to pick Amanda Bynes, who do you think
2: Amanda Bynes would have for an American girl? That's a great question. So I'll, I mean, I think I've said in this podcast that my knowledge is not like the most up to par. So as I scroll through the American Girl doll, like official website, which nicely says their names and like two to three adjectives about them. So really loving that. But I'm thinking like Amanda had to have had it during her Amanda show era. So like there, there needs to be sort of that like, Quirky undertone of the doll, where she's just like able to keep up with the like the quips and the uh, fame and sort of that outgoing nature that sort of Amanda Bynes had at that point in time. I think I would choose Marie Grace Gardner just because it said that she really loves to sing and enjoys parades and her dog. She also has sort of light brown hair, and as I have noted during this podcast, I need them to at least have some sort of resemblance of what Amanda looked like at that point in time so I feel like anyone who loves a good parade and to sing is very girls room so
0: (laughs) girls room love love that pick I feel like so Marie Grace Gardner and this other doll Cecile were like a release as like friends like as a unit together by American Girl after my time, but I've always been intrigued by both of those dolls and their stories. So great callback to that one for sure. And I like that answer a lot. I could see Amanda Bynes with any doll who sort of likes to, you know, be in the in the public eye. So I think that's a good a good fit. And yeah, we're all pulling for her. So Amanda, if you're listening, we're rooting for you.
1: We really are. Jennifer and Katie, thank you so much for coming on to American Girl Women and chatting with us today. It was so cool to hear about your experiences growing up and how American Girl linked you together and just being able to hear more about your experience with the brand. So thank you so much for coming on.
2: Well, thank you for having us. And I I really loved hearing about sort of both of your perspectives and takes on like American Girl doll and being so gracious with us sort of with our stories and especially a huge thank you I'm going to say to Jennifer for coming on too because as Lindsay said I was a little resistant to start and I don't know if I would have made it through without her and her amazing (laughs) American Girl doll historical knowledge
1: oh Oh my my goodness I love that you two are so so fun and should we shout out Lori's Instagram your sister who is not here today Of
2: course. um, We will shout out Lori's mixing bowl. Uh, I will say now that we've hyped it up, she'll have to make you guys some American Girl doll cookies that you can post on your story. Oh, we would love that. We would love that.
1: (laughs) Lori is so very talented. And yeah, we'll, we'll need the three of you on one day and hear her perspective.
2: Now she'll have to hear ours and she'll have to fill in all the missing gaps. It'll be the the peer
1: pressure, the peer pressure she needed. Seriously, we need to hear about Kit 2. We need to hear about the camping set, all the the accessories. The polyester PJs. We need to hear about
3: all of it. Were they itchy? That's the real
1: (laughs) fact.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, you two were both a delight to have on. So thank you for chatting with us today. And thank you, everyone, for listening.